now. Darren has job spot uh, today. What have you got, Daz? I have three in total, Keith, and we're going to start with labour and apprentice carpenter required to work in East Galway area. Own transport preferable. Contact Hopkins Construction Limited on 087 278 403. Tom Raftery, car sales balance low, have vacancies for motor technicians, full-time and part-time. Contact number is 087-257-4979 or email tom at tomrafterycarsales.ie. And finally, Logstrip Ireland Limited Tume are hiring machine shop operators, assembly operators, sub-assembly operators, press brake setter operators, as well as CNC punching machine operators, store operators, injection moulding machine operators, and a maintenance fitter. Email your CV to info at logstrip.ie by the 10th of February. And if you need any phone numbers or email addresses, please call our reception on 091-77-0077. Search hashtag Galway Jobs on social media or go to galwaybfm.ie forward slash jobspot. Galway Bay FM Sports News with Western Motors, the home of Volkswagen and Galway. Visit volkswagengalway.ie Oliver joins us with sport uh, today. Um, Rory McElroy must be very happy. I know we've spoken many the time about him, how he had just missed but he didn't miss this time. No, he's kind of Thrown off the shackles, a little bit of redemption, and uh, a round that had all the hallmarks of the Open Championship last summer, where he couldn't really buy a birdie, eight pars in the first eight holes, and just opened the door for Patrick Reed, his great nemesis, <laughs> the bad guy, uh, to come up and take the lead with a couple of holes to go. And great drama down the stretch in the last three holes. In fairness to McElroy, he finished with birdies in the last two holes, and for Reed, despite a birdie on the last he had to wait and see what McElroy will do. McElroy's drive on the last hole was about six inches from going into the lake, into the water. Um, he was so lucky. He then decided to lay up rather than trying to go for the green where he went in the water the last couple of years. So it was all in his head. And he basically got up and down from 92 yards for birdie to win the tournament, the Dubai Desert Classic, uh, a Rolex series event a shed load of money. I mean, it's a wheelbarrow to go out of there with the cash that he had. Um, but it was more, I think, the fact that all day long it was very obvious that it was a head-to-head between McElroy and Reed, and they had their own spat earlier on in the week as well over there. And we know the backstory of Reed defecting to play Live Golf, mm. sponsored by the Saudis. McElroy, the spokesperson for the PGA Tour, as he called them, the good guys. And it was all just bubbling up to a potential playoff between the two would they even would McElroy shake his hand remember Reed is the guy who served legal papers a subpoena to McElroy on Christmas Eve so like if I give you a solicitor's letter now on Christmas Eve very hard to come in here on a Monday now and be all lovey-dovey talking <laughs> sport you know what I mean and yeah, it's kind of like that with McElroy yeah, and Reed is. like here's a guy after sending you a solicitor's letter on Christmas Eve and he's expecting me to come out here and be all smiles with him. No. And he wasn't all smiles. And McElroy was just holding back the emotion at the end as he spoke about what the victory meant to him. He says, it means an awful lot more than it should, mm. which was an extraordinary thing for him to say in that it's just another tournament. It's not a major, but it kind of felt like a major the way Rory closed it out at the end, the way that Reed hunted him down and yet McElroy held him off at the death. Had to affect him mentally, though, the whole situation. I'd agree. McElroy was very calm about it, saying I had to be strong mentally. But I think that's the reason why, because 
Reed was in right directly in front of him. Yeah. Everything Reed did, every bird he got, McElroy could see behind, and he had to try and match that. So you're right. Talk about a mental test of strength for McElroy. Uh, and you'd have to say, whether it affected him or not, he came through at the end with flying colours. His putt to win it was just a thing of beauty. It was probably 15, 16 feet, a break left to right with the water in the background really fast. And you'd have to think that the odds were stacked on it being a playoff between McElroy and Reed. But no, Reed, no need. Mm. You can go home, Reed. McElroy <laughs> is the champ. And be nice to him from there. Can I go to Gaelic Games for stuff? Can I go as far as Castle Bar for stuff? You can. Saturday evening. I mean, that was one hell of a game. It was. It was dramatic. A huge crowd. I didn't see 15,000 turning up, but obviously they did not Mayo because they were out in force. Good crowd went down from Galway as well. Decent crowd, crowd yeah, albeit, yeah. you know, half seven Saturday night, but it was a nice night. Um, if anything, the fog descended a little bit towards the second half, which gave you an indication that the weather is very much on the up. Um, conditions weren't bad in terms of, of the ability to play the game. A couple of key things. I think the black cards nowadays, um, they have such a detrimental effect on how the game is played because ultimately when Galway got their black card in the first half, they just basically killed the game for the next 10 minutes just mm -hmm. held on to the ball there was nothing happening and likewise in the second half so like there was periods of the game that were just you know dreadfully boring and there was nothing happening it was short hand passing going over and back but as with Galway Mayo when it did open up and when we got we'll say Mayo really coming at Galway at the start of the second half and then Galway counter punching with that brilliant Sean Kelly goal late on and a dramatic finish where Galway probably felt they should have held on the time was practically up and one straight kick pass gave Ryan Dunahoo a chance to land a marvellous equaliser from 40 metres out. I think overall a draw when both managements reflect on it. It was a decent result, a good start to the game. It's going to be a topsy-turvy league. We saw Roscommon beating Tyrone yesterday, 3-11 to 1-12. So that's a huge victory for Roscommon to put five points on Tyrone at home. So they've got a free play now against Galway and Pierce Stadium. I'm sure they looked at those first two games and thought, we need two points out of Tyrone and Galway, wherever we're going to get mm -hmm. them. And now they have them already. And I'm sure Kerry didn't see themselves losing to Donegal up in Bally Buffet, but that yeah. happened yesterday as well, mm -hmm. late on. Yeah, yeah. Jack O'Connor was going off the head at the end of the match with the umpires I think he was cribbing about uh, a Dun Donegal point in the first half that should have been wide but it's a bit late mm. kind of giving out about it when the match is over so Kerry on the back foot is no harm as well Porrie Joyce has made a point that the start he says well I want to win the league go I haven't won the league since 1981 he wants to win every competition he enters so um, it's a decent enough start for Galway but I think they need to back it up now with a win at home to Roscommon on Sunday that's going to be tasty Hmm. Come the Galway ladies, uh, they're top of the division. One, they're flying yeah. it. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, Dublin yeah. are a really, really good side. And we saw Dublin put Meath to the sword in round one. Mm. But there's a steeliness about Galway this year. There's a difference. And, and they, for me, are going in the right direction. And I'm not just talking about the Kilcairn Clamburn girls and the fact that they're two time All Ireland champions. And sure, why wouldn't they get all those girls back in? There's an awful lot more than the Kilcairn Clamburn contingent there. But they're playing. Um, there's a there's a great defensive structure about them. There's a great strength about them. The, the S&C work is starting to pay off. And I'd love to see straight away what the summer is going to hold for the Galway ladies because I think they've definitely moved up a couple of notches. And it comes thick and fast. So after putting away Donegal and putting away Dublin, now they go to Meath 
on Bank Holiday Monday and that's going to be another test for them as well and I'm really interested to see how that goes but mm. as regards the start of a season um, I think Manus and Fiona the joint managers will be really happy with where Galway are at right now they're just starting to gel lovely and that was a big win 113 to 7 points on the yeah. dubs I mean I know it's early in the year but I'm getting a little bit excited for them. It just shows, I mean, the, the training and then and, and the. But sure, look at Keith. Have. It's everything. You look at why Cork dominated and why Dublin dominated pretty much for the last two decades. A lot of it is down to okay money and preparation, but it's definitely down to the the fitness levels, the training, the mm. physicality. I mean, the Dubs were the mental were, dexterity, just were, focus. We're doing what the men did, like you know what I mean. Like they were getting their lunches delivered, and you know they'd have. You know, five lunch boxes, and that was it for the week, Monday to Friday. So it was diet, it was everything. It was just different level mm. of approach. And Galway are getting there now, and I just think there's a natural DNA in Galway about their ability to play football and get scores. We've got some great forwards; they're key as well. Um, they're going well. Look at we'll just leave it at that and see what happens next Bank Holiday Monday. Looking forward to bringing that game to you as well. That's next um, Monday. Next Monday, come on, yeah, yeah, Bank Holiday weekend. So there'll be a lot to look forward to next weekend, including the Hurlers. Um, they've been working away quietly since the, the Walsh Cup. You know, they had a couple of games against Dublin and Antrim. But in truth, Henry Shefflin has been eyeing up this game away to Wexford from a long way out since last year. So he's been licking his lips and trying to get the best 15, the fittest 15 ready to go to start that game. It's in Chadwick's Wexford Park at five o'clock. So the lights will be on. It's a, a new venue with new lights uh, it's an old venue with new lights but it's going to have a great atmosphere and I think Wexford will, will have a huge crowd there I hope Galway go down in big numbers I know it's not an it's ideal spin it is to the sunny southeast at 5 o'clock on a Saturday if you're thinking about coming home but Bank Holiday weekend maybe you'll make a weekend out of it um, it should be interesting 5 o'clock next Saturday for the hurlers now soccer wise again busy busy FA Cup weekend uh, Liverpool beaten um, it was just the, the, the real downside for me was watching the match of the day highlights last night there was so much happening yesterday I was flicking over and back so I missed the late tackle on Evan Ferguson who was a young Irish striker playing well for Brighton and five minutes to go you know nothing ball out around the middle of the field and Fabinho came in behind him with the most horrendous tackle studs right into the Achilles tendon at the back he, Ferguson is going to be in trouble for a while over this injury and I just cannot believe that that wasn't a red card all day long. Now, Fabinho, in fairness to his reaction, knew it was a bad tackle, he was apologetic, but the damage was done. And what's more is they went to VAR after the referee gave a yellow to see should they be upgraded to a red. It was just a scandalous tackle. That was a red card all day long. And for a young player to put his career in jeopardy with a challenge like that is unforgivable. And I think it reflects where Liverpool are at. I think the way this is going now the Klopp era is really starting to just crumble yeah, and this could be the end of them because mm. it's going absolutely pear-shaped. All they're hanging on to is the Champions League but uh, this was, I mean, Brighton came with a winner uh, two minutes into stoppage time, fully deserved so that's Liverpool gone out of, you know, pretty much everything mm -hmm. domestically um, but you'd have to wonder about the Liverpool mindset in that game again and when something like that can happen late in the game. Um, there was nearly a great story for Wrexham so you had Ryan Reynolds, the Hollywood actor who's co-owner of Wrexham over in Wales, who play in the FA Cup as well. And they were 3-2 up late on it. He was having a great old laugh about this. He was on the phone clearly to somebody back home in stateside. But John Egan, he of 
Kerry Football Vintage came up with the equaliser for Sheffield United uh, deep in stoppage time. So that'll go to a replay back at Bramall Lane. But uh, really exciting game in the FA Cup yesterday. Three all between Wrexham and Sheffield United. There's one game tonight and that's Derby County against West Ham. Meanwhile in Scotland, Celtic moved nine points clear at the top of the Premiership after a 2-0 win over Dundee United. Now Connacht had a good weekend, so they have. They did and they were due one. Uh, so they beat they the Lions were. with a bonus point, 43-24. And, you know, a lot of the right soundings coming out of Connacht after that as regards what they need to do to finish the season. They're, they're, they're in 10th place in the URC. Top eight get into the knockout stages. So they've an awful lot of work to do to get back into that. Did Bundy uh, actually well. tug out? No. Not involved. And no Connacht this week, obviously, because the Six mm. Nations where Bundy will be involved with Ireland. So, in fairness, the Irish lads weren't going to be... Uh, getting up to too much uh, last weekend with the Ireland-Wales game coming up in Cardiff so that was understandable uh, so we've got a couple of big events coming up this week Keith we're in the SCEF on Thursday night at half seven uh, with a preview of the Six Nations uh, that's not on the radio but you will be able to follow it on social media and then on Friday night as part of Over the Line we'll be taking a spin down to Murty Rabbits to have another look at the Six Nations Championship on the whole and seeing well you know are Ireland looking good for a championship tilt what are the key games? Will it come down to maybe Ireland and France? Will it come down to Ireland England the day after Paddy's Day on that mm. Saturday? What a weekend that should promise as well. Lots of great fixtures to look forward to. It's an exciting time, the Six Nations, especially the year of a World Cup as well, where you have another chance to build a momentum after a great November series for Ireland to see can they take that into later on in the autumn when, when they go to France for that World Cup and hopefully a tilt at you know, reasonably trying to get into at least a semi-final of that World Cup. Huge amount of people from Ireland going to that World Cup. Ah, well, it's in France. Why wouldn't they? It's the best chance you're going to get because the next one after that, you know, you're talking about the other side of the globe. So it's very oh. doable when it's this side of the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, the American football was on last night. NFL? NFL. So it's going to be Kansas City Chiefs. Mr. Patrick Mahomes and his crew are going to be back in the final. He's just a really exciting quarterback. I know he's had his injury problems in recent weeks as well, but he'll be there for the Super Bowl final. Super Bowl 57 next month. Uh, They'll be up against the Philadelphia Eagles, who won it not too long ago either. So they're two really strong teams. Probably at the outset, if you were making predictions, these two would be in the short list of three or four teams max that would be in Super Bowl. Mm. Um, The Eagles were just way too strong for the 49ers, 31-7. And the Chiefs edging out the Cincinnati Bengals by... 23 points to 20. So, Chiefs and the Eagles in Super Bowl. I mean, they are events in themselves, so they are. All of those games, NFL games, are just... I didn't read up. Did you hear who's, um, who's Super Bowl halftime act yet? It's, I'm sure somebody out there will tell us. Do a bit of I, Googling. I, ha- I haven't That's looked. always a big... I'm still, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed for Foster and Allen. They'll get a call at some point. <laughs> I mean, they've done all the big gigs. They've done all the fesh kills. They've done the All-Irelands. Couldn't you uh, just couldn't you just imagine before you go? By the way, somebody was, was just I'm wondering: is there any update on uh, last week's event with the extra player on the pitch? Where that is? It? No, that's going to go to a hearing this week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, where that goes. Kilmacud have more or less said they have absolutely no intention of playing a replay. Half their players are gone on holidays. So if you want to take the cup office and give it to Glenn, then do so. Glenn and Derry. Aren't exactly Yeah, exactly. So don't earn it. Um, yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. They'll have to have a hearing this week and see. My gut is the talk of it being almost guaranteed to be a replay last week has cooled somewhat, given that Kilma could have dug their heels in. And I think the Derry lads, the 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 way they were forced to appeal was with some reluctance. I don't think it's the way they wanted to do their business, but the GA forced them into doing so, and so 
there may be a, uh, I don't see it being replayed somehow now the way Kilmacud are approaching it they've more or less said flat out okay. we're not going to play it anyway so um, millions of people will tune in to the broadcast of Super Bowl 57 Sunday February the 12th so it's on late at night and this year's performance will be headlined by Rihanna Ooh. early chatter last summer pointed towards Taylor Swift but she turned down the NFL and so Rihanna got the job gotta go go Rihanna um, so yeah I'm sure they'll be get a pair of tickets for that now, okay They'll be, oh God, it's just, it's ridiculously expensive to try and get to Super Bowl. But you know what? There's people from Galway get over there every year. So they, do, they, do. Uh, they obviously have save up for it and fair play. Um, it's on in Glendale, Arizona, in the State Farm Stadium. Got on Can we racing wise, are we still? Uh, we're going to Punchestown this afternoon. Oh, and we? the first of seven races there is off just after 12.45. All right, listen, more sport online, by the way, and all of the, the games and all that, they've all been uploaded, so they're all there for people uh, over the weekend. But uh, Oliver, thanks for popping into us uh, today. Rihanna, we go, just drop her a text and see if she bring you along. Carry the bags, for God's sake. Now, yet to come, we'll be looking at finance on today's uh, programme. Uh, we'll be looking at that and much more between now and 12 midday. Galway Tolls, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Dave McCarthy of McCarthy & Associates uh, joins me and we have a rake of questions for you today, Dave, so we'll go through them. Morning to you, how are you today? Very well, very well. Good, now I'm retiring soon and I've been advised to set up an approved retirement fund, ARF. Can you, uh, can you explain how an ARF operates, please? An ARF is quite a popular vehicle that people use for their retirement funds. Uh, so when they move from employment, obviously, into retirement. What an ARF is, it's essentially like a pool of money that you take an income out of, which you have to have 4% per annum. It's invested in various ways that you decide with an advisor to how to invest it. It is usually um, a, a route that, that is... Um, available for people who have personal pensions but it's also a route that's available for anybody who has an AVC an additional voluntary contribution attached to their main scheme with their employer. So there are some various features attached to an ARF but suffice it to say it does give you this pot of money that you can kind of use for the future subject to tax obviously um, so essentially for most people what they would do is they'd get a tax free lump sum and then they're left with a balance and that balance can then be put into this ARF. That's for a personal pension. If you have an AVC, you can move it into an ARF as well and then you will have your main scheme that you draw down from your employer. So it's a bit complex a little bit in its operation so I would say to that person, contact me directly and give you some more details. Or else what they can just do is they can put in ARF or approved retirement fund and Google it and you'll get all the details on how an ARF works. No, when I saw that first, I'm retiring soon. I've been advised to set up uh, an approved retirement fund. It's kind of late to be doing it at that stage, is it or not? Well, no. You well being advised at this stage, I suppose before you obviously retire is a sensible thing, but you can't physically set it up until, until you then. actually retire. It's once you make that leap from employment into retirement, then it kicks in if that's what you choose to go. You don't have to go that route, but I'm just for most people, it's a sensible thing to do. So it actually happens that the day or day after you draw down your benefits. Uh, I'm considering helping my son with regard to a deposit for a house. Are there any tax implications for both of us if 
I do this? Well, there is for him, maybe not for the father and mother. Well, there isn't initially, no, because it'll depend. I Does suppose it not go against his inheritance in the future if they have well, it? Well, it depends on what the level of inheritance of is. Of course, yeah. So let's say for argument's sake you get 50,000 um, today. Um, that is kind of like taken off your threshold of inheritance when you eventually inherit anything from that parent. So it's kind of like anything you get from a parent and anything you inherit from a parent that's pooled together from the point of view of the threshold for inheritance tax mm. and then it's a lifetime limit so unless maybe there's um, only one or two members of the family and there's that much in the estate the chances are including the house eventually there may or may not ever be a tax liability but at the moment it's not something they need to worry about but it is something that that could affect their um, inheritance down the road in terms of the level of tax they pay and that is dependent on the value of that person's estate. Okay, now I'm getting a loan from my bank for a property and I feel that they're putting me under pressure with regards to taking out life cover with them. Can they do this? No, they can't. But you have spoken about this. No, they can't and it's a common enough experience. I mean, I've had people on to me who are basically being, you know, kind of coerced into certain products that they actually would never have asked for. Um, somebody contacted me recently to say that they were kind of being pressurised a bit to take out um, <coughs> um, a serious illness policy which wasn't suitable for their needs. The bottom line here is is that you can move anywhere you want in terms of your life cover. Just because you're taking out the mortgage with that bank does not mean you have to deal with them on the life cover. You can deal with anybody you want to out there and you may find that it's more cost effective to get it from an alternative source. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no obligation on you to have to deal with them and there is mobility where all these things are concerned. My mother's in her 70s and has some money on deposit which she needs to be able to have access to. The problem is it's only less than 1%. Is there any alternative suitable for her? If she wants access to it, there is unfortunately no alternative to a deposit. Any alternative is going to tie her money up for a period of years. So, for example, at the moment, the minimum period that you would have to tie your money up to get some decent return is actually three years. And it sounds like to me as if that person needs immediate access at any given point in time. So what you're actually doing is you have to sacrifice return, in other words, basically get nothing for it, uh, for that access. And that's what... That's, that's what your priority is from that person's um, uh, question okay. there. It's not about return, it's about access. My employer operates a pension scheme which I have uh, not joined but I'm considering doing so. Would it be better to make my own arrangements or join this scheme? Absolutely not. You're giving away free money if you do that. So, Anybody who's thinking that an employer's scheme is less attractive than anything they do themselves um, really isn't being sensible. Like at the end of the day, an employer, say, puts in 4%, you put in 4%, which is fairly standard, even higher. Um, that's a significant contribution they're making to your, your long-term pension arrangements. So for put it in cold, hard terms, if you put in 100 euro and they put in 100 euro, you get tax relief if you're on the top rate of tax of 40%, which means that that costs you 60 euro. So the total contribution that's going in every month is 200 euro between you and the employer and the cost to you, 60 euro. So it's a no-brainer. Um, you never, ever try to make your own arrangements if you have the opportunity to go into an employer scheme. And the other part of it is as you move on in years and you have the ability, you can also start an AVC to top that up if you want to. Uh, finally, the Minister for Finance, and I was reading about this over the weekend in the paper, um, he calls on the central bank to investigate variable rates charged by vulture funds. 
I thought they were regulated that they couldn't do this. <clears throat> they are regulated and yes, they uh, have to operate under the same system as everybody else. But herein lies the problem. Some of those contracts have come from um, obviously different banks over the years that have been moved into vulture funds. And some of those um, mortgage contracts, um, the lender has the ability to set the variable rate. And unfortunately, what's been happening here, Pierre Starty came out with a call to say that um, the Minister for Finance, or sorry, the Minister for Finance came out with a call to say that he wants the um, uh, central bank to look at this because he's heard of cases where people are being charged 7%. The government of the central bank actually went into a doll committee last week and said, everything is fine. We regulate these guys according to their codes of practice. Well, we have no control over how much interest they charge like the other banks. Now, there's no clarity with these vulture funds. We've spoken about this time and time again. And you know what? If that situation is not as clear as it is with any other bank, legislate for it. That's mm. what I would say. Mm. Okay, if the government central bank says, I can't do any more, and somebody's charges 7%, you have to legislate for that in some shape or form. So it remains to be seen. But they're like rabbits in the headlights because they cannot move those borrowers to other institutions. It's very difficult for them to move uh, for a variety of reasons from a vulture fund. So mm-hmm. um, it's okay. something that I do think that needs to be addressed. And it's not as simple as just saying we don't have any powers in the matter. All right, uh, Dave, thank you for joining us. Uh, today covered a lot there, so we did. And again, if you want to get further details, 566022, that's an 091 number, 566022, or McCarthy and Associates in uh, Woodkey as well. Dave, thanks indeed for joining us uh, today on the programme. Now, comment lines are all open if you want to get through to us on 086 with thanks to Rationale Windows. And um, you can get through to us there. You can also call us on 091 770 and we can take your um, questions from there. We're back just after these. A very good morning to you. It's 1137. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. Now, a very good morning to you. Well, the wonderful Carl Spain is coming up the road to us, so he is, but he's uh, on his uh, own national tour uh, for the month of February, so he's stopping off in the Roisin Dove on Thursday the 9th, and he joins me on the line uh, today. Carl, good morning to you. How are you? I'm good. Good morning, Keith. How are things? Not too bad. <laughs> so you're going on a national tour. God, God bless you, so you are. <laughs> yeah, the joys of it. Um, I'm just off after supporting Kevin Bridges on tour for the last six months. So it's, I, I need a bit of um, a bit of stage life myself now, you know, a bit hunger on the stage. And come here, what was it like being on the road with uh, Kevin for so long? It, it's incredible. You know, you're playing arenas to... 12,000 people, like wow. 16 nights in Glasgow to that to those numbers. It's ridiculous. Like they're trying to drive in, still in the hotels of Glasgow. And uh, I, as a support act, it's, it's, it's not as much fun at the start. You walk on to kind of a polite applause as they go, oh God, here's the support act. But fortunately, I was winning them over, so I was walking off to nice cheers <laughs> at the end, which was... Uh, which is always the talent, you know, no matter how what they think of you at the start, if they like you at the end, that's the important thing. Do you know what I didn't know about you, Carl? <laughs> I, know, I didn't realise that you actually wrote for a lot of other comedians as well in the last 10 years. 
Yeah, no, the, the comedians themselves never really say that. <laughs> so who did you write for? Don't, don't, don't. I, don't, I, 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 I don't, I don't. It, you it, couldn't. It, I don't like saying I've written for lots of people because then if I say a name, it suddenly thinks, oh God, he's written all their stuff. He's totally responsible, which isn't the case. Yeah. You know, it's comedians uh, who get very busy like with TV and lots of stuff sometimes look for writers just to kind of help them to just fill out the, 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 the quantity as much as the quality, if you know what I mean. But uh, um, and Seriously, I mean, on a serious, uh, how do you sit down and say at 11.41 on a Monday morning, and say, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write some material. You have to be in, you have to have a very clear frame of mind, you have to be in good humour, you have to, it, it, it's a very strong skill set you need for that. Yeah, you you do and you don't, actually. You know, sometimes if you're writing for different people, like if I'm writing for a female act, I just have to come, it's almost like you're you're rethinking who you are and what. Yeah. Um, or you'll think of something funny and go, actually, that would suit them more than it would suit me. Um, but yeah, the numbers have gone up. As, as <laughs> My reputation in comedy, uh, you know, someone will see someone go, oh, geez, that's very good. And someone else will go, well, you know, Karen Spain wrote that. So they're yeah. bitching about the person on stage, <laughs> but it does, it does me good because then I'll get all the credit. Good on Someone you. else comes looking for me to write stuff. So off the road then, in, with uh, Kevin Bridges. So you're on the road then with yourself, and uh, Roisin Dove. But Roisin Dove is one of your favourite spots. Well, certainly in the West, anyway. Ah, uh, probably is the favourite spot. Um, even Kevin, when he came to Galway for the, he was in the black box at the start in the warm ups last year, just under a year ago, um, for four nights. So uh, I was there with with him there as well. We had great crack um, I think always one of the best places to play you know the audiences are well educated on culture and entertainment with all the theatre groups and all the stuff that goes on in Galway you can't say that about similar sized cities around the country yeah. um, but the so it's always a good audience and it's also because there's lots of tourists there's lots of different people as well which also helps you know so, I mean, the, the 9th of Feb gig is available on carlspain.ie. They can book them from there, or can they book them from the Roisin Dove as well? They can, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to the Roisin Dove. It's a bit of a... Ho- I, I, I tend to host so many times, and yeah. it's the worst thing is when you host, and I, I have a good reputation for hosting as well, but what happens then is people go, oh, why don't you ever do comedy and you go what you think I'm doing this is actually hard <laughs> I'm spending more time on stage than the headliner in this yeah. show and you're thinking I'm not doing it you know because yeah. it, it can be um, it can be slightly frowned upon or looked down upon as oh that's not really doing it you know and, and can you switch off then when you're not writing and when you're not on stage or you're not thinking about going on stage Absolutely not. No, you never switch off fully. Like my my head, like I've been on my own just watching the news or something and somebody said, and I laugh at a joke I've literally said myself that I thought in my head so I hear it for the first time. Yeah. And part of me goes, can I use that on stage? Uh, and if you can, um, where do I put it? You know, so there's always, you never switch off. It's, um, I'm, I'm, I always compare it it's like probably like like music, you know. You get a melody or something in your head or a riff, and you go, "Hold on, I need to pick up the guitar and do something there." Um, so yeah, it's it's constant. It can be a bit of a curse at times, you know. And you're calling the show well, 
uh, what did you expect? So if, <laughs> it's, I, I love the title for it, so I do. But and you're you're kind of putting it back on, on the audience that come well with you. Exactly. Well, it's kind of that. It's kind of you know. Well, what did you expect when you for a Carl Spain show? And I kind of talk about things that they they wouldn't expect from me, you know, and just certain things and certain views um, on life that you know to. Uh, open up a bit more about myself you know you can't tend to do that when you're hosting a show no and you have to bring somebody on in about seven minutes and you're just filling time you can't start talking about hey uh there's a guy i went to school with and this is what happened to him and <laughs> this is how we dealt with it you know it, it becomes uh um i have a really long story it's actually about coming to galway uh about a gig in galway a good few years back and it's it's a long story that I've never told on stage yet, but I will have told it in Kilkenny on Thursday in Cork on Friday yeah. before I get to call it next week. So will you, will you test it on Kilkenny and Cork then before you come into yeah, the, yeah. the bowls of Galway? Galway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, the, when the story comes home. Yeah, it's, it's all, all interesting. So if they want to go to your website, carlspain.ie, they can get further details uh, from there. Uh, or they can go to roshindove.net if you want to get details from there then as well. Uh, so there's many areas uh, from there. And is it a busy, once you come off your own tour then, is it a busy between hosting and otherwise and writing, is it a fairly busy f- year for you, 2023? It is. Well, like I literally know exactly what I'm doing up until the summer and that's when kind of the festival starts. So I haven't, I, I do the most years, you know, so... Um, that could be the summer taken care of and then there's possibility of, of a UK tour in September and the Galway Festival in October so then you're heading into Christmas then it's 2024 <laughs> I know I know and then it goes and uh, again do you, all over again what about TV have you much TV work coming up I know there's bits and pieces I, I've written for TV and written for people who go on TV and that, that's that's a, that's the frustrating one sometimes when you've written for someone going on Eight out of ten cats are going on. Have I got news for you? And you don't get the credit on the uh, on the back end. Of yeah, it, you yeah. Know, you know, it's kind of a personal thing with you and the performer. But um, not to worry. I've I've had award nominations in different names. I've won awards in different names. And that's <laughs> what I, I feel like Bernie Taupin to Elton John. You know, <laughs> Elton John is out front, <laughs> getting all the attention. No, well, listen, it's it's lovely to have you and uh, thanks for for joining us uh, today. But again, if they want uh, tickets, carlspain.ie. Uh, and do you enjoy, Carl, if you go to, say, a Tommy Tiernan or um, any of the other gigs, and do you, do you enjoy sitting and listening to comedy? I do indeed, especially Tommy Tiernan. Um, I, when he was coming back, we did. There was a thing out there. Um, is it the Cladder? And uh, he, they were doing some shows when we were still socially distant. The Leisure uh, Leisureland, I think, was it? Or? No, it was out on the tent. It was the long. Oh yeah, yeah, was, Spiegel yeah, tent. Yeah, yeah, the thing out there, and um, it was just great. It was great to just be sitting in watching somebody, you know, some world class comedy. Uh, Tommy's the one I've, I've seen at times just try and get a line into his set, I'll say, oh, do you never think? And he'll think about it, but I don't think he's ever taken any of my advice. So there's one name that's not on my list of people. <laughs> it's TT. It's TT. Because I think he just, he, I know he focuses so much beforehand, even on the TV programme, which has been a great success for him. Um, 
bar the odd bits and pieces that went wrong with your look at. Um, but I mean, it's he he does focus a lot and stays focused then for the performance. So no more than yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, no more than yourself. When you're standing in front of the public and you're trying to keep them all happy, there has to be some sort of a adrenaline flow that keeps you ticking over. Yeah, and when you run up to that line, you tend to step over it occasionally, and you know. But it's it is it courage, like with Tommy, it's, it's courage to go towards that line all the time. Um, you make the odd mistake, but I think you know we all learn from our mistakes and we move on. You know. But there isn't a day goes by that I don't make a mistake on air here or some stage. Do you know, <laughs> well, it's, but it's it's that, that awareness is part of the is part of the the what to keep you going. Yeah, but you kind of have to. I mean, when you're, I mean, so. It's a live program more than yours, um, and there's no safety net. So you just you kind of have to keep ticking along. But if you make a mistake, you just acknowledge it and say, "I shouldn't have done that," and I'll move again, and we, we sort yeah. it out from there. So, uh, so somebody else said, "I'm why are you, why are you asking me this now altogether? I'm way on Thursday the ninth. Is he coming back any other time soon to Galway? Or where close <laughs> to Galway can I go and see him?" Oh God, uh, Limerick. Um, just go on to the website currentspain.ie go on to the website yeah 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 and get for the details all, all, all over all over the island up to north Belfast and Dublin have sold out already well, uh, you know, just shows the thirst though for comedy Carl it is yeah 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 it's um, we're going up as far as Derry Coleraine Belfast you know Drogheda Dundalk Dublin Cork Kilkenny oh, everywhere everywhere yeah Somebody else wants, I, I don't know, have you done it or not, but they want to know, would you ever consider going on Dancing with the Stars? And don't ask me what that I, is now, because I'll have to Google it myself, go on. Um, apparently, I, I asked my agents a couple of years ago, um, is it an option? And they said, no, you've turned it down twice. And I went, <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't. And then, oh, maybe we did. <laughs> so I think that was, I don't know if it was true, but I think they turned it down for me without asking me. Yeah. But I think it's finished now anyway. I think Kevin McGarren's doing great on it. But uh, I don't think it's necessarily for me. I prefer just, you know, I mean... Um, it's intensive now. It's intensive work for it's all It's intensive and stuff like that, you know. But I mean, I, it's what I think I said before in an interview, I said, never say never, which was kind of deemed a come and get me. I think that was what asked, made me ask the question to my agents. Um, was I ever pro? Were they ever looking for me? Um, but yeah, it's not. I, it wouldn't be something high on my list. I'd rather work on stuff. And that, that's uh, what, how will I put it? With funny within my control. Yeah, because <laughs> I saw. I didn't see last night's. What day am I in today? I didn't see yesterday's, but I did see uh, the previous week's one. And Mary Cassidy was in it and all that. But it was very. Um, very in your face and very physical, and the, the judges can be cruel as well on it. So, ah, uh, that part—it's kind of panto in that respect. I only saw last night. I was away actually for the last couple of weeks in the Middle East, getting some sunshine while you were all freezing. <laughs> and um, I shouldn't have said that. Now people are going to delete tickets that they bought. No, uh, no they, they let you go saw, again just I to saw, see the color. Yeah, I only saw Kevin McGahan with last night my partner was watching it and she because we know Kevin we went, I went to watch that he did he did well but I haven't really seen it but there's always comedians on this it's one of those things um, 
yeah. if the show kept going, it probably would they probably come looking for Anyway, if you want to go along and see his tan from the Middle East, you can do so Thursday, 9th of February. CarlSpain.ie. Listen, Carl, good to have you and thanks for joining us today. Again, further details from CarlSpain.ie. And uh, if you want to get further details, it's taking place on Thursday, 9th of February in the Roisin Dove. Or go to roisindove.net. Uh, but maybe go to Carl's as well. Just Carlspain, K A R L S P A I N dot I E. Now, Keith, would you mind reading out the following at 11.45 a.m. and not before, please, if you don't mind? Our two wonderful daughters, Katie and Kira Long, from Rathfee in Turlockmore, are en route to the airport where they're both heading to Australia tonight. We're so proud of them both and what they've accomplished and achieved. We all love you both and we'll miss you both dearly. Enjoy every bit of Oz. Lots of loves and hugs, always from Mum, Fiona and your brother Owen. And uh, Keith, by the way, Katie and Kira are Mary Hesham, R.I.P.'s two granddaughters, uh, just to make the connection, and nieces to my brother, Michal the painter. You see, the artist painter, does, does Michal paint walls? Um, Fiona, does, or does he paint canvases? I have to figure that one out for him, won't we? Anyway, congratulations to Katie and Kira Long uh, from Rathfee and Turlockmore heading off. I mean, that that's a, that's a family tour in Paris, so there's two of them gone, just all uh, left to the crew at home. So uh, safe travelling, guys. Send us a postcard and stay tuned to Galway Bay FM uh, when you're over in Oz as well and enjoy every bit of it. But your mum, Fiona, and your brother, Owen, and all the rest of the crew are wishing you the very best of luck and wish you well in Australia. Flying tonight. Fair play to you lads, you're young, okay, that's all I can say to you from there, you're, you're, you're very young and well done to you from there. And the comment lines today, by the way, uh, are as follows, Keith, um, I want you to find out why, uh, how a 21 bed fully staffed elective orthopaedic ward was closed all weekend because it had no patients fully staffed, as I said, staff had to be cancelled, two theatres only one open, 10 consultants Thousands lingering on a waiting list. It's time to get this out into the public domain. We'll put a call in and see. So, a 21-bed fully staffed elective orthopaedic ward was closed all weekend because they had no patients. Why didn't they have patients? I know one person who's waiting a long time for that operation. Uh, good morning, Keith. There was a report on your show this morning. Passenger numbers increased on the Galway to Limerick Rail line in 2022 compared to 2019. Be careful with statistics, please. Can you tell us how many weeks was this line closed in 2019 due to flooding? Thank you. And that comes from Tony. Tony, I don't know, uh, but I was thinking the same thing when Eamon O'Keefe was talking to me. Uh, but I, I don't know how many weeks it was closed, but that could be a factor in it as well. But how would you build a line, spend so much money and it be subject to flooding. I don't know. Don't just know. A lot of other calls come in too, by the way, about cruelty to animals and uh, those uh, dogs that were just abandoned. And that piece, um, by the way, the first hour and second hour are up online. So if you want to go to the 10 o'clock hour this morning, you'll hear um, Marina Fiddler from um, Madra and she was so upset and maybe I should have stopped the interview and done it tomorrow or otherwise with her uh, but she was just so upset and I know her a long long time uh, I know Marina and I've never heard her that upset she's been she's been cross in the past but not that upset so our thoughts 
are with those people who do such deeds and dump pups and otherwise make contact with Madra make contact with the local vet and yes we'll be getting on to Roy O'Brien of the IFHC can they do some kind of an education piece on dogs and how to neuter them have them neutered get them to the vet and save pups being dumped the way they are being dumped that is it for today Thank you to Darren who produced today and Siobhan who took all of your comments. But from yours, Julie Keith Finnegan, until just after the 9 o'clock news tomorrow, have yourselves a good and a safe Monday. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.